I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, 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 Giddy up. We're back, baby. It's New York Training Camp Live on this Monday, August 9th, the year 2021. It, boy, it's starting to feel like the dog days of training camp, isn't it? Even though training camp feels like it just began, we are in the official countdown to our first preseason game for Big Blue and Gang Green as they go at it in their annual preseason tussle. I'm your host of New York Training Camp Live, Sean Morash, where you can follow me on Twitter, at MrazCBS, that's M-R-A-Z-C-B-S. The Mraz Morash thing, look, if you're new to listening to this, Raz is what I go by on CBS Sports Radio, a long, long nickname that would take a long time to explain, where you can hear me on the part of the DA show, Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern. Been popping around WFAN a bunch, doing a bunch of Sunday evenings slash afternoons as we prep you for Giants season. was on last night, so happy to talk a little more Big Blue with you now, if you're a WFAN listener or a listener on the Odyssey app with New York Training Camp Live. So, if you listen to the show Every Monday and Friday at this time, 2.30 p.m. Eastern, all the way till 3 p.m. Eastern, you know we like to do something called the good, the bad, and the ugly. Now, full disclosure, a little bit later, a practice on this Monday, so the practice will not be wrapping until 3 p.m. Eastern. So we don't have the official quotes from Joe Judge yet on practice, some other tidbits, maybe a little more delayed, but we're going off some of the, the news we do have that's come off this weekend and coming off of this Monday practice going in, and the good... The good really could be great news, and that is Saquon Barkley off the pup list. Saquon is back. Now, it was reported that he will simply just start with individual drills, a lot of light workouts. We've already seen him running in some videos full speed. Looks like the Saquon of old, albeit in shorts and a muscle shirt. Boy, does he look good in that muscle shirt, right? In shorts and a muscle shirt, powering through, blasting through, but he looks fast as anything. And you knew it was only a matter of time. I was a little alarmed last week, especially if you listen to New York Training Camp Live on Friday when Ian Rappaport had the report that Saquon, basically the Giants are going to be shooting for week three. He will definitely be back by week three. Didn't mean they ruled out week one. And that took me aback because when you think about Saquon Barkley, and look, everybody is different. Every person's body is different, obviously. When you think about Saquon Barkley rehabbing from this knee injury, he he feels like he should be a guy who's a medical marvel. And he got injured early in the year, week two versus Chicago. So by now, I would have expected him to be practicing. And then when you see all the videos he's posted on social media, coming back on Instagram, and, and now the videos we've seen from many reporters at training camp, 
it just looked like Saquon Barkley week three. Week one should have been no doubt about it. But when I read that on Friday, I was a little panicky. Why is why is week three even being mentioned? He should be back long before then. And here we are four days later, and he's off the pup list. He's ready to practice. If you're off the pup list on August 9th, now I understand setbacks can happen. And knock on wood, we don't want to see any of that from the Giants' prized running back. But we understand that setbacks can happen. If a setback doesn't happen, and we don't expect it to happen, how could you not assume that Saquon Barkley is ready to go in week one? Now, if you follow the breadcrumbs, I talked to Paul Schwartz on Sunday night on WFAN. Look. How much does Saquon Barkley play week one versus Denver? And also, let's face it, three days off having that Thursday night game, big division rival versus Washington, game that will most certainly matter, you would hope, as the season winds down. That's a quick turnaround for Saquon to take a bruising right out the gate against Denver. So maybe that Thursday night game plays into it where they do start Saquon off with a with a workload that's a little lighter. And if Saquon, rather than touch the ball 25 times, is touching the ball 12 to 15 times, maybe that's a different story. Maybe that's what you get out of Saquon in week one. And I will say this. On week one, I will be pumped up. I will be excited to watch Saquon Barkley run the football. Hope he adds another dimension in the passing game for this Giants offense. But I do think there's there's a part of this here with Saquon where I if I, I try to look and I think macro – Look, they signed Devontae Booker, even though it looks like Corey Clement is absolutely lapping him in practice. Find a way. I mean, run the ball a little bit with Kadarius Toney. Get creative that way. Jay, would have killed Jason Garrett to do that. Yes, coach. Yes, coach. We're talking to you, coach. I think the Giants need to find a way here to view that Washington game with Saquon as far more important than the Denver game. Let him take his lumps a little bit and then come out versus Washington and I... You want Saquon to play as much as possible in that week two Thursday night game. Now, Joe Judge also has said he's not ruled out Saquon for any preseason action. We know we're not going to see him versus the Jets. In fact, Paul Schwartz told me last night, you're not going to see Daniel Jones versus the Jets either. And that's going to be Joe Judge's approach. Remember, we haven't seen Joe Judge coach a preseason game yet. We saw the way Tom Coughlin sometimes left starters too late in the preseason. Ben McAdoo was a little of the same thing. Pat Shermer approach things a little differently. You saw maybe a little less starter action in the preseason game. We have yet to see Joe Judge coach a preseason game because obviously there was no preseason last year. And it would appear at least to start this in in game one, you're not going to have Danny Dimes out there. And I'm okay with that approach, by the way. Uh, Look, you're getting vanilla defenses out there anyway. What is Daniel Jones really? He's got to get the timing down with his receiver. He's getting that practice. My mind has changed on what starters should play in the preseason, what starters shouldn't. I think the offensive line should get their ass out there, the first team unit play, and try to get some cohesion together. I think Kadarius Toney should, you know, get a feel for the speed of the NFL game, absolutely. But you want to tell me we don't see Kenny Galladay, Saquon Barkley, and Daniel Jones in the preseason? He's Sterling Shepard. I'm fine with that. I'm completely fine with that. And I I don't think they should play Saquon. Not even a carry. Even if it comes down to that Patriot game, not even a carry. Do you need some young guy? Hanging on, maybe he's a second teamer trying to earn reps, third teamer, and because the other teams rested their starters, and you have you want Saquon to touch the ball, and this guy is just going out there flying around like a missile trying to make a name for himself and injuring him or Daniel Jones. I would not play Saquon in the preseason. I would not do it. I would not do it. But Saquon off the pup list and practicing with the team, that's a damn good thing. And I guess on you know, 
they're going to be practicing against the Cleveland Browns and New England Patriots, by the way, besides those preseason games. So he'll get plenty of his fill and have to deal with, with guys like that anyway. And I just keep going back to that, that night in Cleveland with Booty Calhoun, the corner, trying to make a name for himself, injuring Odell Beckham Jr. when he was a giant and how much that ticked me off. And I think that that's probably the injury that's changed my mindset on some of these preseason games. That doesn't mean the preseason games aren't worth watching, aren't worth dissecting with the young guys. I am excited. I'm amped up. We're going to do plenty more of that on Friday's New York training camp live as we look ahead to the preseason. But your good news, Saquon Barkley off the pup list. All right, let's go to some bad news as we do the good, the bad, and the ugly here to start New York training camp live with Sean Morris, your host here on August 9th. The bad news, Daniel Jones stunk again at practice on Sunday. Uh, we haven't had word on exactly what his completion percentage was or anything like that on Monday, but I think there was one point in time on Sunday where Daniel Jones was about 1 of 11 passing. And I really am trying so hard, so mentally hard, not to be the guy that overreacts to training camp live tweets. Look, he's trying different things. He's moving through different receivers, going up against different corners. The problem is you're not getting the 1 of 11 passing and the hold your breath stuff from Aaron Rodgers at Packers camp, from Patrick Mahomes at Chiefs camp. And I know those guys are on a different level, but that should be the level that we aspire for when you draft a quarterback sixth overall, should it not? You should want him in year three to start elevating himself and forget just being an adequate NFL quarterback. You want him to be among the NFL's best at quarterbacks. And you might be rolling your eyes right now listening to this going, come on, Mraz. You know he's not Patrick Mahomes. Of course he's not Patrick Mahomes. But is it is it bad that we should expect some sort of greatness eventually to click with Daniel Jones? So I, I'm at least mildly concerned that it's not a big deal that he's not lighting the world on fire in training camp. Because ultimately what's going to matter is how he does in those 17 games in the regular season. But you also don't want him to look like an utter disaster either. Just look average. I mean, the completion percentage low. So it's I'm not going to put it in the ugly camp because I know that would be a big overreaction. But it is discouraging. Maybe if we did the good, the discouraging, and the ugly, maybe that would be better than the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's just discouraging where every day I go to the phone on Twitter, not being at some of these practices, and go, oh, Daniel Jones struggled again. It just, that's the one thing that throws cold water all over the optimism that many of us have for this upcoming season. It, it's a cold water moment. And you hope that Daniel Jones, you know, he's been supported with a million weapons, a million weapons. And you just, you have to hope that the offensive line protects him and he goes and he attacks and makes plays down the field. And I want to be able to look back on August 9th's New York training camp live show and laugh at myself for even suggesting that was bad. But that's what we're doing here, right? That's the point of this show. We're going to go in depth on what we can observe and what we have here with training camp and what we're observing right now. Hasn't been the greatest of news for Daniel Jones. Now the ugly. It's something that is bothering me while others are smiling high-fiving. Last week, the end of last week, Nico Lalos, obviously a guy LeBron was tweeting about last year and some of his bright spots with the Giants. He was such a feel-good story, and you root for guys like Nico Lalos. So this is going to come across disingenuous, and it is not meant to discredit Nico Lalos, but it's meant to be honest about it. Nico Lalos having to now take first-team reps at the pass-rushing position. Many will look at it and say, that's great that he's come along. A little bit of an afterthought in camp with all they added to depth. I look at this and go, what in the world could go wrong for this Giants pass rush for Nico Lalos to be taking first-team reps? By all accounts, Aziz Ajulari has been 
a winner at training camp thus far. At 20 years old, you expect him to only further grow into his body, but he has the bend of a premier type of pass rusher, that style of pass rusher. And I think we have a winner there. How he plays the run early in his career, that's all stuff that we're going to have to eventually see and find out, and there will be struggles for him. But beyond that, I know we've given some maintenance days to Lorenzo Carter, and understandably so, coming back from a serious injury. Today, O'Shane Zimenez. We're going to talk about him in a little bit. He also came off the pup list with Saquon Barkley. You hope, you hope that that is just not another flopped New York Giants third-round pick as how critical a year is this for him to stay healthy. I haven't really heard, read anything on Ellerson Smith, and I know he was a bit of a project, but I kind of hope that he would play himself in with his upside to at least be a situational pass rusher this year. And it's not a name you hear at all in these early days of New York training camp. Fetty has been moving around inside, outside. Now he's back to getting some first-team reps on the outside. He's actually the most established, if you think about it, edge guy for the New York Giants for some of the work he did with the Minnesota Vikings. Remember, that was a hand-in-the-dirt kind of guy that now he'll be playing a little more free in this Patrick Graham 3-4 defense. Is I mean... You go through that list. None of these guys light the world on fire. You hope Aziz becomes that premier guy, an OC type of guy. Maybe you have something in Lorenzo Carter finally. But again, even if he does, would you pay him the money? O'Shane Jimenez banged up early in his career, kind of like Justin Tuck was. Although he's got a long way to go before he's proven he's Justin Tuck. This team, with how how great the defense is and how differently built it is, albeit than the Super Bowl teams we recently remember under Tom Coughlin. This secondary is unbelievably full of studs. And they play a 3-4 instead of a 4-3, where those anchors up front, very good when you consider Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams. We'll see where we are with Danny Shelton. So it's a little bit of a different look. It's going to have the Patriots look as far as getting after the quarterback and the pass rush situation. But Nico Lalos, for as great a story he was, and we all high-fived when he made big plays last year, to count on him and have him taking first-team reps That startles me. That absolutely startles me because we should be expecting more from this Giants pass rush. Okay, this is New York Training Camp Live. Again, on the Odyssey app exclusively, Sean Morris talking all things New York Giants football. And we do it weekly as well, by the way, mixed in midweek with G-Wiz, your WFAN.com and the Odyssey app's exclusive New York Giants podcast as well. Okay, so let's talk about O'Shane for a second. Comes up the pup list as well. By the way, could be the best injury news for O'Shane. Not that he came off, but he comes off the same day as Saquon Barkley. I mean, when you got guys like Adam Schefter, Rappaport, you name the, the NFL reporter there saying, hey, big day in Giants camp, it's Saquon Barkley and O'Shane Zimenez off the pup list. I mean, if he doesn't come off on the same day as Saquon Barkley, basically the only one telling us are the Giants beat reporters. He's got national love because he's on the same day. He pops into practice as Saquon Barkley. But From a Giants fan perspective, this is a guy who I think a lot of people wondered, could he be cut numbers game? Because you look at Ryan Anderson as well that the Giants signed, and and I'm going to hold my breath on that one because I hope we're not in a spot where Ryan Anderson also has to play significant spots at a pass rushing position. But O'Shane, baby, this is year three. We talk about Daniel Jones year three. We talk about Dexter Lawrence year three. This is a make or break spot for him, a third-round pick. Take a guy with a third-round draft pick, and we've been through the rigors of this as Giant fans. You expect them at some point to start contributing as a starting player. And he is in a spot where the Giants have a desperate need to come through and be a pass rusher 
on this team and start, play quality snaps, play a lot of snaps. And now he's off the pup list and he's behind the eight ball a little bit. But I guess of all the positions to be behind the eight ball, a position where they were already given Nico Lalo's first team reps may not be the worst thing for Moshan. And I mentioned Ellison Smith as well. Can I get any kind of update on how he looks? Not that I expect him to start as such a late round pick. Northern Iowa, I please give me something. Give me some kind of update. Now, more good news. Before I get into something near and dear to my heart and something on a colleague off of this weekend. I might have been, I, I mean, I think I was dead wrong when I did, I guess it was G-Wiz, it probably wasn't Training Camp Live. I talked about two guys that the fan base shouldn't be necessarily stunned if they found their way to not make the team. One, I can openly say I'm probably wrong about was Lorenzo Carter. And the reason I mentioned Lorenzo Carter was this. Drafting Aziz, still O'Shane on this team. Lorenzo Carter, his final year of his deal. I Who knew what his recovery really would be like off a torn Achilles. And by all accounts, he's come, he's played, he's looked, he's looked the part. I don't think he's in danger of not making the team. The other one I told you was, hey, they signed John Ross. And it's, it was, hey, take a flyer on a former first-round receiver with the Cincinnati Bengals. He could fly. He's as fast as anything. But this was before they drafted Kadarius Toney. Kadarius Toney's going to do a lot of their speed plays on offense, you would hope. Can be a gadget guy. Maybe could do some of the innovative things originally thought with John Ross. And obviously, they signed John Ross before the draft. Never known how the draft board is going to fall. They end up there with a Kadarius Toney. So where did that leave John Ross? And John Ross, being the first-round pick he was with all that speed, was strictly a wide receiver in Cincinnati. Zero special team snaps whether it was gunning on special teams, whether it was kick return. A little shocking. You thought maybe he'd be a little more involved in a kick return game as a first-round receiver with that kind of speed in year one. Really wasn't part of his game. And I thought because of that, why would he now come in in this new home with the Giants and suddenly now at this stage of his career he's going to be flying around special teams? But, man, if you want to keep your career in the football and you are, let's face it, a failed high-round pick that still believes in themselves and still has teams believing in enough of the upside – you have to prove you could do other things to be valuable for the team. And John Ross is not stupid, clearly. He isn't Kelvin Benjamin, clearly. He looked around and he saw the numbers at the wide receiver position with the New York Giants. and saw, saw Sterling Shepard and Kenny Galladay and Darius Slayton and Kadarius Toney. At some point, there's only so many footballs that can go around to spread the wealth, right? So if you're going to be a guy, if the Giants take five receivers or if they take six receivers, those fifth and sixth guys have to, have to round out special teams. And when injuries happen, and they will because they always will, guy misses a game here. Two guys miss a game here. Sterling Shepard goes down here. You will get elevated up, and then you will see your offensive snaps. But to get to those offensive snaps, you need to have value on the roster and special teams. It is like such an old adage. And John Ross has now become a kick returner in training camp and is apparently, by all reports, flying as a gunner on special teams. That's a guy who gets it. That's a guy who I want on my football team. That will do everything in his power to keep his career alive, rejuvenate it, and fly and prove that what got him drafted in the NFL, which was his speed, his receiving ability, although he's dropped a ton of passes in his career, but to play on the outside, he will do the little things to prove a coach, to prove to a coach like Joe Judge and the Jason Garrett why he belongs on the football team and eventually will get those offensive snaps with those guys. And you know that Joe Judge, coming from the special teams background that he comes from, has to be absolutely obsessed 
with John with what John Ross has done. And John Ross has become a really nice story. And John Ross is one of those guys who I'm absolutely excited to see play versus the Jets. So if he's running around using his speed, burning corners, he could be a real fun watch. But it's that grit that he's showing on special teams in practice, that sacrifice that he's showing that I think is really, really important. All right. This weekend. What a what a mega class we got. After last year's Hall of Fame inductions in 2020 were begged, and for obvious reasons, COVID ruined everything we could have had going on in the world. We didn't get those inductions. And it was supposed to be an extra big class because of the 100-year anniversary of the NFL. So you had the extended class as it was, plus the normal class from 2020, and now the 2021 class. So essentially, if you like speeches, you got a more than near handful of them here this past weekend in Canton, we saw Peyton Manning speak. One day we will see Eli Manning speak as well. That was kind of cool. It wasn't a Giants big weekend. It was a Steelers, Cowboys, Colts, Denver Broncos kind of weekend in Canton. But nonetheless, if you love football history, it was a good weekend. But one name I have to be honest that I forgot about until the induction speeches that got in was Edger and James, the edge who obviously makes his, his mark with Peyton Manning's Colts before moving on to the Arizona Cardinals. And I had to go back and I looked at Edger and James' stats. And I actually see on Big Blue Interactive, if you are a giant fan that checks out BBI, somebody else had made a thread about this as well. And I was glad because it just reassured where I was at in thinking this. I understand giant fans having a love-hate relationship with Tiki Park. I understand that the abrupt nature in which he left and the circumstances in which he left you know, seemed to rub Giant fans the wrong way, especially coupled with the shot at Eli Manning the next year. And I would hope that we've kind of gotten over this. Look, I'm 34 years old, and I was extremely young for Super Bowl 25. Extremely young. And from that point forward, as I grew into a teenager, my giant days where I was obsessed with Giants football, my favorite team of all time is actually the 2000 Giants led by Jim Fossil and the Thunder Line with Tiki Barber. So if you're somebody in your mid to young 30s, I mean, Tiki Barber was your guy. He was. He was such a great giant. And, yes, it sucks that he didn't win a Super Bowl. But when you're putting Edger and James in the Hall of Fame and you start to compare their careers – Edron James has a mere 2,000 more rushing yards than Tiki Barber. 2,000, that's it. But Tiki Barber also has 2,000 more receiving yards than Edron James. So they are essentially even in all-purpose yards, at least from running and receiving. This doesn't even take into account the punt return yardage that Tiki had. Now, Tiki was also hurt from the first two, three years in his career. A lot of returns, third down back had the fumbling problem, that hurt him a little bit. But Tiki Barber has more yards per carry in his career, 4.7 compared to the four of Edron James. They are extremely similar players stat-wise, extremely similar players. But then you look at the actual years, year by year, I mean, Tiki Barber has like six Hall of Fame years, all-purpose-wise. And I don't know why we don't respect the all-purpose back the way we should, but Edron James, hey, more power to him deserving as a Hall of Famer. I do question how we would have viewed Edron James if he didn't happen to land in Peyton Manning's Colts offense, but he shouldn't apologize for that by any stretch. Like that, That's part of the deal. Those are the circumstances. 
But Tiki Barber's career, I mean, Terrell Davis can't tell the history of the game without him. That's why he gets in. Short career as well. Dominant with the Denver Broncos, wins those two Super Bowls. That's going to help him, those rings. Edron James, now you look at, I mean, if we're putting Terrell Davis and Edron James in, I'm sorry. I know that there's different things about those guys' careers than Tiki. Tiki Barber's being completely disrespected. And I think ultimately, when you go down the history of the game and you get to the Veterans Committee, and Tiki wasn't, I guess, well-liked and well-received by maybe members of the media, and especially the way he went out, Tiki's done a bit of a redemption tour he has. And I work with Tiki at CBS Sports Radio, and I, I can honestly tell you I love the man. I do. He's so much fun to work with. He is so down-to-earth, so friendly. You could be the guy making the lowest amount of money at the station, working behind the scenes, cutting audio, or you could be Jim Rome. He treats everybody the same and everybody with respect. And I, I wasn't there in the locker rooms. I can't tell you that when I was younger how Tiki Barber was. But I can tell you now that Tiki Barber has, has been nothing but pleasant. And career-wise, I mean, I can't tell the history of me watching Giants football without Tiki Barber and how important he was. So I just think on Hall of Fame weekend, when you watch Edger and James go in, we need to really start to reevaluate how we view certain guys who miss out and compared to their peers. I, I'm telling you right now, maybe it's a homer, maybe it's a biased take. If I got one game to win, and I'm drafting a team from that era, and you're giving me a pick. Okay, you're running back. You could take Tiki Barber. You could take Edron James. Who do you want behind you in the backfield? I'm taking Tiki Barber every single time. And again, this isn't raining on the Edron James spread. I'm telling you he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. What I am saying is when we start putting an Edron James in the Hall of Fame, how do you not look back and revisit the career of Tiki Barber? And there has to be a place for him to have a busted kit. And there has to be. He was that special and that good. And if he hangs on, what we should punish him because he didn't hang on one or two more years. And Calvin Johnson didn't hang on those extra years. We celebrated him like we should have as well in Canton this, this past year. So I just, there has to be a space. There has to be a space. And I'm so glad that we didn't go over the top with the Eli Manning Hall of Fame arguments as his brother Peyton Manning went in this past weekend. But Eli's going to have his due in three years as well. And I can't wait to the debate that with you. All right, so here's the deal. This is New York Training Camp Live. This is on the Odyssey app. I am your host, Sean Morash. You can follow me on Twitter, at MorazCBS, M-R-A-Z-C-B-S. We have Giants football this Saturday night versus the New York Jets. It might be a lot of Mike Glennon Giants football, but it's going to be Giants football Nonetheless, we'll get a look at the offensive line. We'll get a look at some of these young guys. We're Darius Williams turning heads. We'll see him play a little corner. We'll have stuff to dissect. We'll break it all down next Monday. We will do a full-fledged preview of it on Friday. Working on maybe getting the guys over from Talking Giants, part of John Boy Media, that great podcast, Justin and Bobby and the gang. Maybe they'll come in. We'll preview the game. Got Fan Fest coming up Wednesday night for Giants fans at MetLife Stadium. A lot of good things happening, refreshing things happening. Heck, we even get Dallas Cowboys hard knocks coming back on HBO and HBO Max this week. Football is in the air, and it can't be a better time than right now. All right, again, you can follow me on Twitter, at MrazCBS, M-R-A-Z-C-B-S. That'll do it for this week's New York Training Camp Live.
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.